Well, the theme that we're looking at this month, as Teresa mentioned, is overcoming. Overcoming. And you and I are called to be overcomers. It's, it's, part of, it's part of being a Christian to be a big spirited person who overcomes the obstacles, the obstacles that life throws at everybody. You don't have to be a Christian to have obstacles. Just because we live in a fallen world, we have challenges and obstacles, and I call them giants that we need to overcome. Uh, when you become a Christian, God does so much in your heart and He transforms you so much, but also you get into a spiritual battle, and because you're in a spiritual battle, if you're living for God. Now the devil wants to throw obstacles at you and the Bible talks about these and calls them giants. In the Old Testament, the Bible tells stories of literal giants. Uh, in the New Testament, as a New Testament Christian, we don't so much have literal giants. We have spiritual giants and metaphorical giants. And I'm wondering today in this room and online and in Melbourne in that lounge room right now, what your giant is that you need to overcome. Maybe it's anxiety or fear. Maybe it's crippling you. Maybe it's crushing you and causing you to shrink back in your life. Maybe the giant you're facing, the need to overcome, is a continual feeling of guilt or regret or shame for something in your past that you can't seem to shake. Maybe it's a debilitating sickness or a health issue. And it's, it's not just the sickness, it's the feeling of powerlessness that goes with it, the intimidating feeling. Maybe it's an overwhelming struggle with lust and sexual purity and a battle you just can't seem to win. Maybe it's some kind of addiction that you're, that's dominating your life. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe it's some sort of substance. Or maybe it's just that you're a workaholic. You're like, that's not fair. How can you slip that one in there? Well, that can also ruin lives as well. Maybe it's a terrible sense of rejection or no sense of personal value or self-worth. Maybe the giant that you need to overcome is financial, a failing business, uh, mounting bills, overwhelming uh, debt that's choking your life. Maybe the giant that you need to face is just apathy mediocrity. Maybe your life is just going around in circles from one weekend to the next weekend and there's no real sense of purpose. There's nothing that gets you out of bed with a sense of, of uh, purpose and, and focus in your life and, and that can be a giant as much as any of these other things. This morning I want to talk about those and other giants that you might be facing of how we can overcome them and we're, uh, during the month we've talked about some specific things but today I want to talk generally about how we can, one way God helps us to to overcome giants. And I'm going to start with this scripture. Uh, it's, it's found in Joshua. Joshua tells the story of God's people, the Israelites, who were once slaves and God delivered them for slavery. They, they went into the, the, into the wilderness and they ended up there for 40 years. Talk about living a life of mediocrity, going around in circle after circle. Even though God had a promised land that he wanted to take them into, a literal promised land, it was filled with giants but they got stuck in that mediocrity. And I believe God wants to take us out of mediocrity into the promises that he's got for us and the purpose that he's got for us. And so Joshua becomes the new leader. Joshua takes over from Moses and God gives him some instructions of how he's going to lead this people to overcome the giants in the land and to get the, the promises that God's got for them. First of all, and I'll, I'll speak this over you today and over me today, this is, a, this is the starting place of overcoming. Be strong 
and of good courage. Someone needs to hear that today. For to this people you'll divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. When God says something a few times, maybe we need to listen. Whatever it is you're called to do, be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn to it from the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Everybody say your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you might observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I like that the Bible talks about God wanting to give, give us success in our lives. God wants you to live a life of success. He wants there to be prosperity in your inner world that's reflected in your outer world. And when God's talking to, to Joshua, he's basically saying, Moses gave the law, and if you want to fulfill your potential that God's called you to be, that word needs to be in your mouth, and you need to meditate on it, which means to mutter it over and over until it gets in to your heart. For a New Testament Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then the, the, what, what that means, the book of the law means the Bible. The Bible is the, the way that God uh, has, has laid out the plans for us to live our life. And so you could read it like this. This Bible shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, mutter it day and night. Observe to do all is written in it and you'll make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This Bible. I wanna, uh, first of all, before I get into this message and really the title of my message is, is simply this, it is written. It is written. Before I get into that message, you might find yourself here this morning feeling a good feeling having a sense of maybe the love and God's presence that's coming into this place and realize that there's something missing in your life. You're tasting something here in the atmosphere, but in your heart, there's an emptiness, a loneliness, a lack of purpose, and you don't have a personal relationship with God. The very first step to being an overcomer is to let the ultimate overcomer, Jesus Christ, he overcame the grave, he overcame the cross. There's nothing he hasn't overcome. And if you wanna live an overcoming life, then today I'd love to lead you in a prayer inviting Christ into your heart. Just as Jesse talked about surrendering your life to God, it will be the start of living a life of overcoming. And we're gonna do that at the end of the service. Hold on, because it will be a game changer for you a little bit later on. It is written. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, faced his trials, his temptation, he, he, he had the devil tempting him in a 40-day trial or 40, day, 40 days of testing, he didn't say, well, you know what, devil, uh, I had an experience of my father speaking from heaven that I'm his beloved son. He didn't refer to his experience. He didn't say, you should have seen the dove come from heaven, which was the Holy Spirit, and he sat on my shoulder. He didn't say, I was born of a Virgin Mary. Nothing that Jesus said in that moment of testing was based on his experience in the past. He might have been buoyed by his experience. He might have remembered his experience, but he knew when you're in some kind of battle or when you're facing a testing period, there's one thing and one thing only that we need to do with the devil, and we need to, it needs to start with this, it is written. 
I need to refer to something outside of me, something outside of my experience, something that's eternal, something that's God-breathed, something that's the promise of God in the Word, and I need to fight my battles with the Word of God. It is written. It is written. So today, I want to encourage you. You might be not so much, I don't know if, you've, if you know someone who's a verbal processor. There are, there are a couple of kind of processes. We joke about this in our family. Verbal processing is where you do your thinking in your mouth. You're like, I'm thinking, but I'm talking while I'm thinking, and I'm trying to come up with a solution. And if you're, if you're listening to a verbal processor, they might say 15 things, but only at the end of it mean one thing. Okay, that's a verbal processor. Then there, there are other processors who process in our brain, and when we've processed, we come out and say what the outcome is. Okay, now, how many people think that you know it or you live with a verbal processor? Give me a wave. Verbal processors, okay, okay. One of our sons is a verbal processor. Uh, I, I can do either. What about if you process in your brain and speak it out later? What if you just don't know whether you process at all? Okay, that, that, that's fine. We're, we're working it out. Now, sometimes uh, we can kind of get a little bit worried about speaking things out or talking out loud. But I want, to, I want to help somebody here today. I want to help someone in Melbourne today. I want to help someone online to understand that it's okay to be a verbal processor of the Word of God. That the Word of God's power is when it's in your mouth. When it's, when it's something that you speak out loud, where you can hear yourself speak, people around you. Now, pick your place, obviously. You know, there's, there's a time and a place to be declaring the Word of God out loud. But the Bible said if you mutter the Word of God, meditate on it day and night, that's where you'll have your success. Let, let's understand this, that, that faith is voice activated. So many things that God wants to do in our lives is waiting. Often God has His intention for something to come to pass and He's got His promise and He's waiting for it to come to pass. He just needs someone to speak it into reality. It's the way God works. It's, it's His intention. It's His promise but he needs someone to speak it into reality. This is the Word of God. It is written. It is written. I want to talk this morning about three things that the Bible is for us. There's many things that it is for us, but I want to talk about three specific things that the Bible is for us. The first one simply is this. The Bible is a mirror. It's a mirror. Now, guys and girls, we can tend to be a little bit different when we look in front of the mirror. Boys, we can look in front of a mirror, suck it in and just go, oh, you're a handsome dude. So many guys are like that. Walk past a mirror in the shop, suck it in, keep moving like, look at that guy. Whereas the girls, you can look in a mirror and just spot imperfection so often. I don't know what it is. It just seems to be a little different. But, but anyway, that's the, oh, I'm feeling the cold stairs coming. It's okay. All right. But let's just move on to the message. The, the Word of God is a mirror. When you get born again, when you became, become a new person on the inside uh, with the DNA of Jesus Christ, you are, no long, you are now a new creation. The uh, Bible tells me uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But sometimes to, to walk into the reality of what's happened on the inside, we've got to understand who we really are so that our mind and our heart catch up with what's happened spiritually. And the way that happens is when we look into the mirror of the Word of God. Look at this in James chapter 1, verse 23 in the Passion Translation. If you listen to the Word and don't live out the message you hear, 
You become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty, the Bible, are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. When you're a new creation, you're different on the inside. The devil wants you to keep looking at the old you, at all the mistakes you've made, at the past you. He wants you to keep looking at the things that you haven't yet been transformed, uh, you haven't changed into. He wants you to live a life of discouragement. But God says, you know, the way that I transform you is not by you trying super hard. It's by you looking into the Word of God to discovering who you now are. And the more you gaze into the mirror of the Word of God to see who you are in Christ, the more that gets into your heart, the more that gets into your mind, the more you'll be transformed into the image of the Word of God. This is why the devil is doing all he can to distract you and me from the Word of God. He realizes it's the power of God. He realizes he wants it out of every school in this nation. He wants it out of every public place. The devil's doing whatever he can to stop this Word which has transforming power out of our hearts. He's, doing, he's pumping up every distraction of media and, and entertainment and all, everything available. There's more distractions flooding you and I than ever before. And one of the main reasons he wants to turn up the distractions so the word of God gets turned down so we don't know who we really are so we've got to make a decision if we're if we're going to be transformed then we'll be transformed as our mind is renewed as we look at what the word of God says that that means that that, that we've got to become creative at finding different ways to get our mind on the word of God on that mirror So I I don't know about you, but over the years I've done different things to get my mind looking into the Word of God to shape and to understand who I really am. I try and read the Bible uh, in a year, every year, 12 minutes a day and you'll read the Bible in a year. 12 to 15 minutes, that's all it takes. I bet you if we all looked at our phones at how long we'd spent on it, then 12 to 15 minutes would pale into insignificance. Okay, 12 to 15, I can, I can look at the Word of God. I've done all sorts of things. I've made old school memory cards. I've stuck cards on my fridge door. I've stuck cards on the mirror in the bathroom. I've even stuck them on the back of the toilet door. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. I've stuck them on the, on the dashboard of my car and learned that covering the speedo is not a good way to memorize the Word of God. I've, just, I've, I've put them on the mirror of the rear vision mirror. I've put them on screensavers on my computer. I've put them on my home screen on my phone. I've created flip charts in my phone to look over and go through. Where I pray, you'll find that there's scriptures all over the wall and I'm on whiteboards. I've, I've done as much as I can and I know I need to do more because I need to see this mirror all the time so I'm not, tra- I'm not conformed to the world. I'm transformed into the image of God. I need to be transformed. It's a mirror. And it's so easy to forget who you are now. We go through, we can go through obstacles and barriers. I remember for me, uh, sometimes God gives you, uh, the scriptures just about who you are in Christ. Then he gives you scriptures about your calling. 
remember in 2007, probably one of the toughest years for Danielle and I of our life uh, as the leaders of this church. We just went through a tough season. We had people making some accusations against us. Some, we, we, we'd made mistakes and we all make mistakes, but mostly they were, they were false accusations. We were getting backstabbed and it was, it was tough. And I would wake up in the morning uh, with a, like a wall of discouragement coming at me with dark clouds of intimidation. And the Lord was very kind to me in that season. He gave me a promise. And sometimes you don't need lots of promises. You just need a promise. You just need to see something the way God sees you and need to lock in and focus on that one scripture for a season. And God gave me a promise out of Isaiah 42. And he said, look at my servant whom I strengthen. He's my chosen one. He pleases me. And I put my spirit upon him. And I remember reading that scripture and it jumping off the page at me and, and recognizing that this was my, my word for the season. This was my word to get up in the morning and, and although I'd be bombarded with thoughts and accusations, I'd begin to speak the word and say, it is written. This is what God says about me. And I'd paraphrase it and I'd put my name in the middle of it. And I'd say things like, God, I'm your servant. I'm not doing this for me. I'm your servant. It wasn't my idea because I've been chosen by you. Lord, I'm weak right now, but you strengthen me and you put your spirit on me to help me and you strengthen me. Those five things got into my heart during a tough season. It would have been about a year. And what would happen at the start, those words would dribble off my chin. Poor me. Oh God, you chose me, I guess. But eventually I had to speak them with authority. And those words were like looking in a mirror of who I am and who God says I am. And God's got promises like that for you. Here's the thing. There's a difference between a confession and a declaration. A confession is what you believe in your heart who you are, and it comes out of your mouth. So sometimes you'll make a confession that you believe in your heart that's not a good one. And you're, oh, ooh, where did that come from? Well, it came from your heart. So a confession is where your heart's been transformed and you're speaking it out. A declaration is when you're speaking a truth that God says that hasn't yet become second nature or subconscious in your heart. So one of the best things that you can do for a season is lock in for three months or six months, find out what God says you are in the mirror, and every day speak that promise out until the declaration becomes in your heart and becomes who you are, and you begin to live out of the new reality of who God says you is, not your past. All right? So that's, that's what the Word of God, it's a mirror, it's a seed. This is the second thing this morning, it's a seed. Jesus talked about this, James chapter 1, 21. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart for it has the power to save your souls. So often when we become a new Christian and we're trying to break free from our old habits, we focus on our actions. But God says, actually, that, that's, that's important, but it's not the main thing. I'm not trying to modify your behavior. I'm trying to change your soul. I'm trying to change your heart. So I'm going I'm to put the word into your heart. And if you, look out, if you let that word grow, 
If, and, and this is what you've got to do. Jesse, uh, uh, this is for you. This is what you've got to do. You've got to get yourself into atmospheres like this, and I know you do. You've got to get yourself into a church where the Word of God is preached. You've got to read that Bible every day. You've got to find some podcasts and, start, and switch off some Netflix and switch on some podcasts. You've got you to get some memorization cards. You've got to do some things so that the Word can get planted into your heart. Because when the Word gets into your heart, it might not happen overnight, transformation. It might not happen this week. Some things will happen this week. I want you to understand how some seeds work. The radish seed will, will, bear, will, will grow up and sprout in six to eight days. That's an immediate change. You'll experience some things, immediate changes as the word gets into your heart. But then there are other kinds of plants. The bamboo, one of my favorites. When a bamboo is planted, a bulb, it shoots a little tiny shoot and that's it for four years. If the roots are going down deep into the ground, but to the external eyes, nothing is happening for four years. And then suddenly the fifth year comes. Dan and Ebony, the fifth year comes. And then suddenly that thing begins to grow. And on the very first day, that grows three feet. And on the second day, it grows another three feet. And it continues to grow. The Chinese bamboo uh, plant will grow up to 90 feet tall in less than one year. And you're sometimes wondering, why aren't I changing? Why haven't things come to pass? Why is my destiny not being fulfilled? God's like, just keep getting that seed into your heart. Keep listening, soaking it up, learning, immersing yourself in it. Because that word will return. Jesus said it like this, Luke 8 chapter 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word and he tells us that the heart is the soil. Verse 15 he says, the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. Some of us need to make sure every week we're in connect group. Every fortnight we're, we're around a group of people who are devoted and studying the Word of God and, and, and you're listening that someone heard from God and this is what they got out of it and it gets in your heart. Someone else and you're watching a video and you're talking around the Word because the Word has the power to change your life. We've got to do everything we can to get ourselves in an atmosphere where the Word of God is getting into our heart because it will produce fruit. Turn to your neighbor and say, time you joined a group. Time you joined a group. Fantastic. The third thing it is, the Word of God, it'll help you overcome. It's a sword. It's a sword. I think some of the girls are doing a course right now, girls with swords. That's, a, that's around. And the Word of God is a sword. It's not just a mirror. It's not just a seed. But it's something for spiritual battle. Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. A lot of our battles spiritually, rather than just the practical things we face and the challenges, but they, they begin in a spiritual place. And then our circumstances and our thoughts and the, the, the voices that we hear and our emotions reflect something that's happening spiritually. And Paul makes it very clear. It's a spiritual battle that's flowing into your life. And he says, take up the whole armor of God. And there's a number of different things. I want, that's a different message. But in verse 17, he says, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Bible tells us the devil's got schemes for us. 
Bible tells us he wants to kill, destroy, and ruin our lives, to rob us. So right now, the devil's got a big whiteboard, and at the top of there is a name, John Pierce, or your name. He's got some demons around him, and they are scheming about what would be the most effective way, either one, to get you to go back to living a life separate from God, or two, if he can't do that, how he can get you off course of the purpose that God has for your life that's gonna, have, gonna make impact. And, they'll pro- and, and there's schemes and plans, and he'll try one thing, and if that doesn't work, he'll move on to the next thing, and if that doesn't work, he'll work out how can I discourage, how can I distract, how can I take this person off their course? He's got schemes. Now, we, don't, we just need to be aware of that, not afraid of that. And when you're aware of that, you realize that we're called as Christians to, to a life that includes warfare. It includes warfare. And that's why God says, so I give you a weapon. I'm not going to put you into battle without a weapon. And the weapon I give you, one of them is a sword. It's the Word of God. It has to be spoken. When you feel the battle coming against you and things aren't working, He says, don't just rely on your own prayers. It is written. I declare the Word of God. I speak it out loud. It is written. The Sunshine Coast is going to be changed because a group of people know how to stand up and declare, it is written. Melbourne is going to be changed because a group of people know how to stand up and say, it is written. This is what our God said about our cities. This is what our God said about our families. This is what our God said about my life. It is written. And we say it and we speak it. And what happens is as we speak the word of God, speak the word of God Sometimes you break a stronghold and then the natural things change and sometimes you just bang away in, in, sea, in a siege warfare situation, but you hold the ground and you just keep declaring, this is what God said. This is what he said about my health. He said, by his stripes I am healed. This is what he said about my finances. He said, I will, I will uh, supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. This is what he said about anxiety. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but one of, of love, power, and a sound mind. This is what I said about your destiny. I've got plans for you, plans for good and not for evil. And you stand up and you st- stand up in the, on the inside and you declare, it is written. This is what God said. You're overcoming by the power of the Word of God. It will change your circumstances, change your health, change your family, change your business. It is written, the Word of God. No wonder the devil wants to distract us from the Word. Come on, can we make a commitment to memorize, read, study, Declare God's word. It's part of being an overcomer in our lives. Can we close our eyes together right now? It's a mirror. It's seed. It's a sword. Father, right through this room right now, right there in Melbourne, you're present. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to come if there's a word for this next season for our lives, whisper it to us right now. I want you just to ask God, what's the, what's the word you want me to get into my heart to fight my battles with? What's, what's that word from the Bible? What's that verse? Just ask God. You'll find he'll, he'll quicken it to you. What's my verse? 
What's my sword? Let him quicken it to you. Bring it alive. If you're getting a verse as you ask, just raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm, I'm getting something from God right now. Fantastic. If you're not, make a commitment to read the Bible this week and ask God to bring something alive to you. So good. So many hands. Father, help us to prioritize your word. It's so powerful. So we come to an end of the end of the service or the sermon right now. I mentioned earlier that there'd be an opportunity to pray a prayer to connect with God, to begin a relationship with God. If you want to be an overcomer, the very first step, the, the main thing that you can possibly do is let God come into your heart. Jesus Christ wants to live in your heart. The ultimate overcomer wants to change you on the inside, not by your, the power of your will, not by your mental strength, not because you'd suddenly decide to do things different, but because God can come and make you a brand new person on the inside. And he's waiting to do that. He won't force his way in, but he's waiting to do that. And so right now, wherever you are, in this room as you're sitting here, wherever you are watching online, for those of you in Melbourne, this is your moment right now. If you have never invited Christ to be your Savior, if you've never asked God to forgive you of your sin, and today you want to do that to begin a relationship with Him, in a moment I'm going to ask you wherever you are to raise your hand. Maybe you once did that, but you've slipped away from God. It's time to recommit your life to Christ. Today's the day to get right with God again, to make a fresh commitment to Him. In a moment, if you haven't done that or you need to do that, you might have got, you know, followed God in Sunday school or youth group or you've been at church, but you know you drifted. You didn't stop believing that God's real, but you drifted away and it's time to get back right with Him. Today, this is your moment to get back right with God. Or maybe you're just not sure when you die if you're going to go to heaven. You, have a, you don't have a peace about that. You hope you do, will. You believe in God. The Bible says that even the devil believes in God. That's not enough. Going to church is not enough. What is enough is Jesus. And he died on a cross. He was nailed to a cross so that I don't have to pay for my sins. He did. So that you don't have to pay for your sin. Jesus did. And so if we believe in him with our heart, Confess him with our mouth, we'll be saved. So right now, eyes are closed. If you're saying, John, today I want to begin that relationship with God, or I want to make a fresh commitment and come back to him, or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven right now, just raise your hand and say, that's me today. I want to connect with God. Wherever you are, raise it up high. Thank you, that's awesome. See your hands. Who else right now? Just raise it up. Up the back, thank you. I see your hand, that's awesome. Who else right now, would you just raise your hand and just say, that's me. Watching online right now, just say, raise your hand. That, if that's you, this is your moment for an encounter with God. Is there somebody else here today? You're away from God. You're not connected. You know something's missing in your heart. You might have tried all sorts of things to fill that gap and void in your heart, but nothing's really worked. And you come here today, you find yourself empty. You mightn't have told many people about it, but you know. You're empty on the inside. God wants to fill that emptiness, that loneliness. He wants to come in if you'll surrender. Just raise your hand if you're saying, John, I want to surrender to God today. Say, that's me as well, wherever you are. And then we're going to pray a prayer. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for one more person. I'm just waiting for you. You'll feel your heart's pounding because God's speaking to you. This is your moment. This is your moment to surrender to God. Raise your hand up if that's you. Say, that's me today. 
Awesome. Can we pray this prayer together right now? Everyone in this room, I want you to pray it. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray it as well with me, wherever you are. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. I'm sorry I've lived my own way. Today I'm turning to you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I'll follow you. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today that I'm saved, born again. I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you.